It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. For the only podcast with an inside look at Crimson Tide basketball all season long, turn to the Mean Streets. Britton Johnson and William Galloway take you from tip to buzzer with complete coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Here's your host, William Galloway. Welcome into the Mean Streets podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway, joined via Zoom call with Britton Johnson. This is the week 10 slash week 11 episode of the Mean Streets podcast. I was out of town last weekend, and so that was the reason for a double up episode. Britton, welcome in. Happy Sunday evening. How you doing? Uh, I'd say less than an ideal week of sports. You know, they're calling it the Mean Streets curse. Uh, the lack of an episode is just really uh, torn down the Alabama athletics. Uh, so really, I think Alabama needs us right now. So this is it's good that we're back. We are here, present, and accounted for, and we are going to give you over the next 20 to 30 or however long this goes, amount of minutes, the best content that we can and the best insight that we can. So – uh, just gonna gonna cut straight to the chase here. Not gonna sugarcoat it. Crimson Tide currently eleven and six overall, two and three in conference play. The last time we talked to you was before the Florida game. At that point in the Week Nine episode, Alabama was ten and three. Obviously, as I just mentioned, now eleven and six, two and three. Uh, Britain, a pretty good win at Florida. I know we talked about a lot about that game. You talked about Myron Jones, and you had a lot of good insight. Um, so we can go ahead and skip past the good parts and go ahead and just kind of um, go straight into, straight into surgery here. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid Let's do it. off. Let's talk about these losses. What's been going on these last three games? Yeah, I mean, an overall analysis is kind of hard to find because it's been something a little different every game. Um, but, you know, I think Coach said it really well when he said it's hard to win in this league. and. Uh, you know, this is my fourth year. This is my senior year. Um, and obviously last year, we were fortunate to be very successful. Even then, you look back at some of those games, and there were so many tight games in that stretch. And then the first couple of seasons, which were obviously underwhelming, um, it, it's, it's just hard to win. It's, it's easy to lose. It's hard to win. And uh, I think this team is uh, getting hit with that right now. And, I, you know, now it's time for a champion to respond. And the best way to respond is to have the opportunity to play, especially at home, where you're, uh, I believe, seven and one so far this year. Yeah, seven and one inside Coleman Coliseum. Wednesday, Alabama will play versus LSU. That is a six p.m. tip off on ESPN two, and then Saturday, a revenge game versus Missouri. That one also at home. Five p.m. will be televised on the SEC network. But let's go back to last Saturday, January 8th, in Columbia, an 86-92 to loss. Britain, what happened there coming off a big win on the road in Gainesville? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to recount exactly what I said uh, last week during the podcast. Obviously, we weren't scouting Mizzou at that point in time. We were all in on the Florida game. But I think I remember saying something along the lines of, this game will tell us a lot about, you know, Coach Oates talked about the maturity, it being a maturity test. And I think I said something along on the lines of, you know, playing to our standard to see how how well we do that. And, uh, you know, not to take anything away from Missouri. Um, it, was, it was a good win for them, obviously. Uh, but we did not play to our standard. I think anyone who 
watched that game who has been around this program at all, love, hate, and different towards Alabama would would recognize that. Obviously, those within the program would recognize that. Um, our defense was, I think, the worst, maybe the worst of the NATO's era, and it's against an offense which, statistically, analytically speaking, is not very strong. One of the weaker offensive units in the SEC, uh, also down a couple of the guys. So, you know, I, I don't really have, like, any specific reasoning for you or anything like that. We just didn't get stops. And like, you know, when you play high D one basketball, it doesn't matter who you're going up against. Uh, you're going to play a team that on the right night, any given night, any given game can beat you. And so if you don't go in there with the attitude of we're going to take, especially on the road, we are going to take this win. Like it's not, we're not just going to fall into a win in the SEC. You have to go take it. And uh, some of that, this team is having to grow in and having to uh, obviously some growing pains with that right now. Yeah. And a three game losing skid really trying to turn things around. Things didn't get a whole lot better at Auburn, but before we get to Auburn, I want to talk a little bit more in general, kind of zooming out here. Uh, a lot of people look at that turnover in the last minute. I think it was Quinterly uh, in the Missouri game. And not to point fingers, because that's not what happens, right? It's A game is not won or lost in the last 30 seconds and a shot taken or a shot not taken um, or turnover dribbling in uh, to a double team or whatever. But it's over the course of the game, right? It goes back to not being a top defensive team in the country, not getting stops, not making shots. Uh, as of recently, and we'll get into this with the Auburn and Mississippi State, and but just it's kind of been a trend recently that Alabama hasn't shot the ball particularly well. What is the deal there as we look at shooting percentages in the last three games? You know, I, I don't really have uh... – an answer for you per se on that because we have fantastic shooters and really if anything I think maybe our shot geography has been a little bit off the last few games and we've been taking a few more contested shots than we needed to I think after the Auburn game we looked at what was our uncontested three percentage versus our contested three percentage and our contested three percentage was around 10 percent give or take uh, a few percentage points whereas our uncontested was around 30 and the thing is, with with the shooters that we have on this team, 30 is not good enough for uncontested, but it doesn't help when we're shooting a bunch of contested shots and that's only bringing down our percentage. Um, the good news is, like I said, we still have terrific shooters. It's not like our guys lost their shooting ability or anything like that. And all it takes is one night where we kind of get it going and it flips everything. I mean, I think Alabama fans who have, uh, watched Nate's coach teams the last couple of years have seen how quickly the uh, his teams can just get on a hot streak and uh, obviously I'd love for that to happen as fast as possible because you know in a way it's a good thing that we're not shooting well obviously I would love to win these games but th there's a, a basketball saying that you know shooting covers a multitude of sins right and so when you're shooting the ball really well it might you might win games that you probably shouldn't win based on effort, based on defensive intensity, attention to detail, things like that, uh, because you're just shooting it well. And it just kind of covers, like I said, there's a multitude of sins. Whereas now that we're not shooting well, all of these things are just being exposed right now that we need to get better at. And so if we get to the point where at the end of the season, we can fix all these things that we're not doing well right now and we're shooting the ball well, 
I mean, good luck. I think we'll be playing as well as anybody in the country at that point. Uh, obviously, a lot needs to be fixed before we get there. But that is one thing that's kind of almost reassuring about this is it's not like, and this isn't, you know, to kind of prop ourselves up any more than we ought to be, but it's not like we're out here getting blown out in these games. We've we made everyone a one or two possession game. Now, a lot of this we should have won. We should have gutted out a win. But it's been it's 12 is. points. The last three losses have been by a total of 12 points. Right. And like if we had shot the ball well, I mean, obviously in any of those games, it could flip the outcome. Um, you know, and it's easy to say now, man, like obviously I wish we were, we were shooting the ball better, but who knows? Maybe in a couple months we're playing our best ball and we'll look back and say, man, I'm kind of grateful that we didn't because we fixed a lot of stuff that we might not have seen if we were shooting it really well then. And now we're playing the best possible basketball we can be playing. And uh, I mean, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Zooming out even further here, we'll jump into the Auburn and the Mississippi state game and the specifics of those uh, here in a moment. But I want to ask you, Britton, there was so much senior leadership and I was on the phone. uh, Shout out Cody Kirk. I was on the phone with Cody today. And we were talking about the guys we had last year. And honestly, I think a lot of Alabama basketball fans, whether they knew it or not, they took those guys for granted, the senior leaders we had last year. So what's your message? What's Tyler's message? What are some of the other team leaders' messages to the other guys in that locker room after tough games and this three-game, this tough game skid? Um, What are you saying to your teammates, and what's everybody saying to one another? You know, first of all, for me, my question is always, what can I be doing better? How can I be helping the team more? Um, you know, as a walk-on slash as a person that, that doesn't get any minutes typically, um, there are limitations on ways I can impact the game. And I try to try to do as much as I can to impact the game. Uh, but in terms of, obviously, I'm not going out there and making shots or uh, making defensive plays. Uh, so my question for myself is how can I – help this team. And, and, you know, Tyler's been a fantastic leader for this team. I, I, you know, without trying to pump myself up too much, I think we're both uh, really good culture guys. Like we really help instill the culture that we're we're trying to uh, build. And I think we've built here at Alabama. I mean, there are guys stepping up, there are guys um, letting their voices be heard. Uh, But you, you have a guy like Herb, you have a guy like JP, you have Bruner. Bruner was a fantastic vocal leader. I mean, Herb's literally starting in the NBA. Uh, those are tough voids to fill. And I think we're still learning how to be a good leader. I mean, some of us uh, haven't been in that position before. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It is great to have Rojas back because you talk about a guy that is going to go out there in every single game. <laughs> he'll, he'll be the enforcer. He'll be the guy that no one's going to out-tough him. And so – Sometimes actions speak louder than words, and I'm excited to have him back. But, again, there's a lot to fix, and I think we have the right guys to do it. And I don't want Bama fans to just completely lose all hope on this team because at the end of the day, we have, in my view, one of, if not the best coach in the country, and we have one of, if not the most talented rosters in the country and and very skilled as well. And so I really believe we're going to have a group that figures it out. I mean, we are – in a lot of ways about the right stuff. We just kind of lacking a bit of an edge right now. I think most Bama fans are seeing that. Like I said, Rojas is going to be great in helping pick that up. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, in, in a way, I think uh, it's something that we're still figuring out. I mean, obviously, if we had all the answers, we probably wouldn't have lost three straight. But uh, I see a lot of promise in the way that we can we can shore things up and really finish the season strong. And I think one sight and one positive of that was down 13, down 14, whatever it was versus Auburn at home. Going on that 13 or 14-0 run to tie the game up with under four minutes to go, I was sitting there watching it with Gray Robertson, and he said, what do we have to get it to with the under four to have a chance? I said four, but no more than eight. Well, we go on that that run, and we spout off 13, 14 points. Uh, take us into that moment. Take us into that game what was happening and what, how were we able to have so much success in that short amount of time? You know, I think if you were to summarize, especially the losses of this season, uh, you know, some of them we would just, you would just summarize it with, wow, they, we really played a bad game. Just top to bottom, 40 minutes of not great basketball. But, I mean, we've been playing really strong opponents this year. Um, and I think a lot of them, a lot of the ones that we've dropped that were against really good teams are just we haven't put 40 minutes together, a complete 40 minutes top to bottom. Um, we'll go on great spurts. And I think, like you said, that that eight to four, really eight to the end of the half, uh, maybe minus the last minute of the Auburn game uh, was really just terrific in the way in which we fought and clawed back against a team that's probably me ranked number one in the country this week. Uh a, a terrific team. I mean, I know it's a rivalry game, so we don't like to give our opponents too much props, but, uh, you know, Jabari Smith is probably going to be top two. I mean, he might be the number one pick in the draft. He is to be 6'10", to be the jump shooter that he is, um, just a terrific talent. And then top to bottom, that team plays really hard. They play with an edge. They got a lot of swagger to them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they were making shots as well. And so, you know, they go up 14 and, especially with a team that can shoot as well as they can, you're like, oh, we might – I know we can come back quickly, but we might be in trouble. And then, uh, you know, credit to the students that, that showed up who really impacted that atmosphere and, and brought it. And once we started rolling a little bit, you could just feel the energy in the arena really pick up. Um, and, you know, a, a couple of guys I like to highlight. Obviously, it, it's harder maybe to highlight guys and really give them props after a loss. But I thought – um, J.D. Davidson stepped up in a major way in that game, and Darius Miles played a terrific second half. And uh, I thought he did a really good job on Jabari, who's a tough, tough matchup in that second half. And, you know, J.D., um, to be a freshman, and, you know, he is such a terrific talent. He's such a terrific kid. And to, to make some of those defensive plays, I mean, everyone's going to talk about his dunk on Walker Kessler, right? And that was – the highlight of the year, just an unbelievable dunk. But, man, what I told him after the game was I was so proud of some of the defensive plays that he made. Uh, he had that off-ball charge late. He had a play where he came around uh, kind of as an off-ball guy and made a backside strip on uh, – it might have been Smith or, or Kessler. I couldn't remember, to be honest. But made a couple of really big plays that spurred the run just as much as big plays like his dunk did. And so um, – you know, the good thing is you can see how quickly we can get back into a game um, and, and that we're really never out of it. Uh, you know, Coach reminds us a lot of that Missouri game last year where we were down 20 with six minutes left. And then all of a sudden it's a one-point game with like 45 seconds left and we have the ball. And, uh, you know, 
had Herb Jones been fouled or had Herb Jones gotten the foul call, he did get fouled. He did get uh, fouled. We might have walked right. We might have walked away with the victory there. And so we know that we can turn it on, and even if we're having a terrible game, can can dig out a win. Obviously, uh, while we put ourselves in a position to to win that game, Auburn made some plays down the stretch, and yeah, obviously a tough one to to lose against. I hate Auburn, <laughs> and I love this rivalry, which is why losing a game like that stings so much. And um, but again, we're we're not talking about a team, an Auburn team that's. 500 on the year we're talking about an Auburn team that's probably gonna be number one in the country this week so even while things seem pretty meek or or low right now for Alabama fans and just remember like we're on the verge of also being a really special team you know and so to win a game like that we would have had to put together 40 minutes of just elite elite basketball um and we had our spurts but I don't think we just played a complete enough game to win that one. There have been situations in past years with former coaches where Alabama has lost three, four, five games in a row in the month of February, and you could not get March to come fast enough. You could not put Alabama out of its misery soon enough. And this is a completely different team. This is a completely different program. This is a completely different culture. And so the whole – Hit the panic button. We're dead buried and six feet under. Uh, we have no life. We have no breath in our lungs. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and these Alabama fans ought to be ashamed of themselves because they're not understanding what's going on. They're not taking in their surroundings. They're not comprehending. You lose to, yeah, the number one team in the country and what should be the number one team in the country in Auburn. You struggle mightily at Mississippi State, didn't shoot the ball very well, and then you didn't have the defensive – effort you didn't shoot the ball well against Missouri but like you got a 13 point win at Florida like that's a significant thing and now there's a great opportunity for a big test versus LSU and versus Missouri on Saturday to get that redemption and so I think people just need to take a chill pill and this is me talking to the fans and I you know obviously as a fan have the ability to say this um, but I think people are jumping ship, jumping to conclusion, and they're burning way too many calories by jumping to conclusion because this they're just overlooking everything and not thinking rationally. And unfortunately, I've seen that from Alabama basketball fans for far too many years. Um, but, Britton, we've talked about where we've been. Let's talk about where we're going. What's next? Not just in these games, but things – that are measures that are being taken um, to implement and to provide more future success. Like take me into practice. Did y'all have practice today or did y'all watch film? Um, you know, what's on the agenda aside from these two games to get better this upcoming week? So, yeah, I mean, we were, we were off today. Uh, tomorrow is going to start our LSU prep slash our, you know, Mississippi state cleanup. Uh, you know, Mississippi state was a game where I kind of, Thought we were in command for the majority of the second half, and uh, a couple of things didn't go our way. But you know, the main thing is, you know, going into the eight-minute media, we were up a rebound or two on them for the game, and uh, going into the four-minute media, I think we were down about eight. I, I, they dominated the glass during those four minutes. That's when they made their run, uh, and so, like I said, really for us right now, it's not that we're playing 40 minutes of bad basketball we're playing 32 34 36 minutes of good basketball 
good enough to win games on the road in the SEC, good enough to beat the number one team in the country. Uh, but until we play 40 minutes of complete, really high-level basketball, it's going to be hard to come out of these games with wins. Um, luckily, you know, we're getting, like I said earlier, like getting Roe back is going to be huge. Uh, you know, Rojas is – he's just a junkyard dog. And uh, he he is going to bring the fight to you. Uh, and, you know, I think for him to play as well as he did, uh, despite, you know, really just getting back to practicing with us a, a few days prior, and um, I thought he looked great out there. Um, and it was a it was a very – Rojas type game. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like it, it, just him going after O boards, you kind of forget just the impact he can have on some of these games. You know, I thought his shot looked good. And, uh, you know, he got a couple of fouls just by being physical, but it was like those are fouls for okay with giving up every now and again because, again, we're not letting teams in the paint on us. That's got to be our mentality. And so getting him back is going to have a huge impact on the rest of the year. Um, and then from there, I, we have a huge game coming up against LSU. And, um, you know, William Galloway is known for being a, a huge fan of uh, – uh, 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 Time out. I'm just going to cut in and say LSU is out <laughs> for blood. LSU lost three games in a row to Alabama last year, especially uh, the most important one, getting embarrassed at the end in the SEC championship. I mean, regardless of – my past um, experience and encounters with their head coach and a former player. Um, they're a good team and they bring a challenge in. So talk about that. All right. I'll let you off easy today. Um, yeah. LSU. I mean, they had a tough loss. I mean, he was uh, your teammate too. We're, we're, just, we're not going to address the elephant in the room here, but carry on. Um, Trenton's not there anymore. I don't gotta, this has nothing to do with Trenton. This has nothing to do with Trenton. Um, but yeah, so LSU, terrific team. Uh, I haven't checked Kim Palm today, but they were before the Arkansas game, the number one defense, analytically speaking, in the country. Uh, very long, very disruptive. They play their butts off. Um, you know, we love to kind of give certain coaches a hard time, but you know, Will Wade always has a way of, of you know, building a very strong rebounding, very hard playing group. Um, this team is no exception to that. Uh, they're going to present a tremendous challenge to us. Um, I don't know if they'll be ranked because, like I said, they, they took a tough loss to Arkansas. That really was a game they should have won. So, you know, we're coming off of three losses. They're coming off a loss themselves. They were on the verge of being a top 10 team in the country. Uh, we're going to have to bring our A game to win this game. I mean, there's there's no other way around it. Uh, it's a home game. We're going to need every single one of y'all there uh, to, to support us and, you know, to help us get this win because – it seasons can uh they go in ebbs and flows and, and and things can switch around so quickly that you know we get one really good really strong win where we're shooting the ball well we're confident all of a sudden next thing you know we went five in a row and we're rolling and um so we need everybody there to support this is gonna be a big game and it's you know you never want to tag a, a must win on, on a game I, I certainly don't because I think uh we're not a result-oriented uh, group. We shouldn't be. It, we're process-oriented. We're about uh, playing our best basketball. And if our best basketball is not good enough that day, if we miss a couple of shots, but we played our butts off for 40 minutes, you know what? I can walk away and be happy with that. So um, on the flip side, if we play – I mean, shoot, 
we almost waltz away with a win at Missouri. If we make a couple of shots and play with the effort and the defensive intensity that, that we did and walk away with a win against Missouri, should we have been happy with how we played that game? I think absolutely not, you know? So it goes both ways, but um, – so I never want to say must win, but it, it's a game where we got to get back to being us. And if we do that, I think the result will take care of itself. That's something I want to add on to say to being process oriented. There were multiple games in high school um, and maybe even more your senior year that I wasn't aware about The Mountain Brook would practice after the game. They would lift after every home game, but Mountain Brook would go on the court and practice um, after home games. Some some games, road games. I think one time Mountain Brook even won a tournament before you and I were in high school and Bucky sent the team back to the court um, to practice just because of the embarrassing performance that they, you know, they were not bought into the process. Um, and so that's something you're used to and being in a process oriented program. That's just a cool little tidbit that you well, and I have in common that I can share. Well, and not just that, but in my years of playing for coach Bucky and, and at Mountain Brook, all of the games where we practice after where we did, you know, something after the game as kind of a, we need to get better wake up call. They were after wins that never happened after a loss. It always happened after wins. And so I think it speaks to the fact that obviously there, but you know, to a level, I think it's a similar culture and a similar uh, type of uh, organization. We built it here at Alabama in that like, if we play really, really well and we lose versus if we play, really, really poorly and win. I mean, I think the film review will be a little bit lighter on the game in which we play well and lose. Whereas, you know, Coach Jokes will let us hear it if we don't have a good game. Um, but kind of another side story that I think is kind of funny. So I, I think this was going into my senior year, so you wouldn't have been there. But we had a summer play date at Hoover, and um, at Hoover High School. And I don't even – I think we might have lost the game, but, I mean, in summer it doesn't really matter, wins, losses, whatever. But we just didn't play really well. And beyond that, I don't think we rebounded well. We kind of got out physical in this little summer play day. It was probably our fourth game out of seven. I mean, so it just kind of – you lose track of those games. But after this one in particular, Coach Bucky was so mad. He had us go to – he went over to the Hoover head coach. was like, hey, is it okay if we use your weight room? And so he got permission to use the weight room. And then we all go in there and we have to get this, you know, really hard lift with a game an hour later. So uh, needless to say, I don't think the shots were falling the rest of the day, but we got a few more rebounds. So uh, that's just an example. I mean, obviously the, the examples of point to are more in the regular season when they happened after actual games. But I think that's a kind of a funny side story. Yeah, you remember that rebound drill? I think we talked about this on an earlier episode where you lay down and you got your back, you know, you're looking up into the lights and then they blow the whistle and you go and you rebound, you know, you fight whoever in the gym, the ball could go in the men's restroom and you got to go chase it down, right? Like, could you imagine doing that right now versus Rojas? If Oates, like, put you and Rojas, like, back-to-back, put you on the floor and said, all right, scramble for the rebound? Yeah, I don't love my odds there. I uh, I, I don't love your odds I either. do my – Thank you. You come out with a couple of broken bones. Yeah, I mean, I do my best to uh, to box out and to do my job every time, but I realized at Alabama more so than at Mountain Brook that there are real physical limitations on what I can do on that basketball court. Uh, I try to try to minimize the impact that that has on on how I play, but at the end of the day, it's it's a reality of the fact, uh, a, a reality of the matter. And so, uh, yeah, Row would more than likely kick my butt. I mean, I remember one drill we did. 
Uh, and, and shoot, we have a lot of drills at Alabama that are different, but of a similar nature. I mean, one of them's just uh, is every drill, this drill starts the rebound every single time. And so it's just an absolute war. I mean, the drill is called war drill. Yes. Yeah, I, another drill I remember from high school is you, you probably remember this. We used to do one-on-one, but like if it went through the net, you had to, someone had to get it through the net three times. It didn't reset at all, but like once it was gone. So I would go up against uh shout out Jeb Brown, uh, who is just really a strong, dog. really quick guy. I mean, just a dog a uh, played football. Uh, was a DB, but just a, a really good athlete and was really strong. And he would make my life miserable. I mean, he would just, and he would, he would guard really, really well. So uh, it would just be an absolute dog fight in there. So I think that's, uh, I had to, had to become tough to, to come out of that alive. And so I don't, yeah, I think the difference between Jeb Brown and, and Rojas is a little bit uh, noticeable. There's, uh, there's, there's a stark difference in between the two. Bro's, One, Bro's was, got a little bit of weight and uh, probably four or five, six inches on him. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and probably some pounds. Yeah. You mentioned weight. He got some pounds, yeah. got some, some muscle mass, things like that. Um, Britain, let's, uh, as we wrap up things here, you've got the floor for about a minute or so your, your final thoughts on Alabama's loss in the national championship, summarizing this past year's football team. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a mean street spot if we didn't, if we didn't brush up on the, on the finish of this year. And obviously the result was not what this team wanted. I, I was telling some of my friends, uh, out of all of the, the big losses, which luckily there haven't been just too many of them that, you know, Alabama has suffered under Nick Saban. Uh, this is the least disappointed I've been uh, at the conclusion of one of those games. And uh, there, there are a multitude of reasons for that. Uh, you know, if you told me a month and a half ago that this Alabama team uh, would dominate George in the SEC championship and then go on and, and make it to the national championship and, and really have a, have a real shot in the fourth quarter to win it. Um, you know, I don't ever like to doubt Nick Saban or, or any Alabama football team, but it would have, I don't know if I would have fully bought into that idea. Whereas, you know, the product we had at the end of the year was so strong and uh, I'm never one to make excuses. I'm not going to be the Texas fan. That's like, Oh, well, if Colt McCoy didn't get injured. Right. Um, but if Jameson Williams doesn't get hurt, the, the game looks different. I don't know if that means we win. I, I think there's a solid chance that we do, but the game undoubtedly, I mean, Alabama, Georgia fan, whatever you are, you have to admit the fact that Alabama losing it's one main vertical threat has an impact on the game. And so uh, I remember when he went down, I just kind of in my head go, it is going to be very, very, very tough for us to be this really, really good Georgia team without him. Uh, and obviously with, with Mechie not being out there either. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, credit to Georgia. Uh, there's a, there's a small piece of me. There's a large piece of me that uh, loves it when Kirby smart fails and when Georgia loses, but there was the very small piece of me. Uh, as much as it sucked to lose that game, that was like, you know, a piece of me is happy for Kirby. And then there's a large part of me that's like, well, that those Georgia fans that are probably barking at me uh, the rest of the week are, are going to be Eradicates that small, that small part of you. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's I totally had, fair. I had White Castle before the game. Have you ever had that? It's like a crystal fast food. It's just crystal. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think so. I, I'd never had it, though, but it was like. We were starving. We hadn't eaten lunch all day. And I think eating White Castle before that game really set the mood and set the tone 
We got in the game two and a half hours early because it was cold as the Dickens out there. I mean, I couldn't feel my eyes. Like, I couldn't think straight until we got inside. And then, I mean, y'all didn't come here to talk about – to hear about my monologue about the national championship. Um, but after he went down, it was kind of that same feeling of you've got to do a lot. But if anybody could do a lot, it would be saving. And so right. there was that piece of me that was holding on. And I did not feel any joy for Kirby. I didn't feel any joy for Georgia. Um, I mean, it, it, this is very much in hindsight. It was in right. the moment. No, a lot the of- bigger the bigger perspective of things is Saban lost in a national championship with two of his main guys out. His main, as you said, downfield threats um, to a former coach. And it took everything that Georgia had up until the last minute of the game. Alabama was in it, despite it being, quote unquote, a down year. And despite Alabama being the number one team in the country. But that's kind of how it goes when you're Alabama and you live on the top of college football. Um, For sure. So roll I, I like to add this. I like to add this caveat as well, which is, you know, I think the other thing that's really offering me solace to, to that loss and just really helping me you know, feel great about the future. I mean, we're getting Will Anderson and we're getting Bryce Young back. And you look at all the defensive guys that are coming back and I'm like, man, this is going to be the best defense in college football. And on the offensive side, you have Bryce Young. And, you know, you're hearing great things Return about the some Heisman, guys coming in. Four yeah, of the Jameer top Gibbs ten wide receivers. I mean, yeah. a revenge tour is going to be a lot of fun next year. So, uh, yeah, don't feel too bad for us, Alabama fans. I, I think we'll be just fine next year. As soon as I hang up, I'm going to look and see if tickets, uh, airline tickets are available from Birmingham to Austin on September 9th uh, with a return on September 11th. I am excited about that trip to Austin. Um, Alabama fans, it'll be worth every dollar you spend next year for football season. Hey, the Main Streets podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You can follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Main Streets Pod. We would love for you to buy our merchandise, hats, shirts, pullovers, vests, golf shirts. All you got to do is go to bandwagonsports.com. That's bandwagonsports.com. Click on Team Shop and click on Mean Streets and buy your Mean Streets apparel today. Follow us on social media. Follow Britain on social media. Follow myself on social media. If you need a great meal, check out Full Moon Barbecue. They're in Tuscaloosa. They're in Birmingham. They're all over the Southeast. They make for a great pregame meal as well. If you're headed down to Tuscaloosa for Wednesday's game versus LSU or Saturday's game versus Missouri. Britain, I always say Mean Streets Pod. And then in the back of my head, I think I say Galloway Podcast. So I always have to go back and listen and re-listen to see if I said it. And I think I've said it once or twice. Um, but this is the Main Streets Pod, formerly the Galloway Podcast, and it's a pleasure to do it with you. As always, thank you for joining us, the listener. Thank you, Britton, for providing all the insight, and you have got the last word, so take it away. Things are only up from here, so uh, we need y'all to be all in. We're going to be all in the rest of the way, and we're going to figure this thing out and get it back on the right track. So roll tide, and uh, would love to see y'all there on Wednesday. 